This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and uh, you will uh, probably know that I didn't do a show last week. Uh, the reason I didn't do that show is, well, if you've been a long-time listener to Dimland Radio, you will know that each year in May or June, uh, the company that I work for, a janitorial service, we do uh, a scrub and waxing of floors uh, job up in a little town, a little bit about a half hour drive north of the of the Twin Cities uh, that uh, it's a it's a supermarket not a huge supermarket but sizable enough uh, we go up there and we scrub and wax their floors and we've been doing that oh, just about every year now for the last uh, six seven years maybe more and um, uh, it's uh, it's quite a job uh, we had a five-man crew, um, and so there was it was me, uh, the supervisor, the boss. He pitches in. He makes the crew more like a four and a half-man crew, but still he pitches in. So you got to give him some credit. And then two other fellows that work for us. These two other fellows happen to be friends of the boss, but they do work for us. Um, one of them uh, does primarily uh, project work with us and the other cleans buildings and he does uh he actually does a uh, he works full-time hours for us and so he does uh at least two properties which and and uh and that gets him to his full-time hours and so okay so uh the the deal is we get to the office at eight o'clock in the evening uh the supervisor and i uh the a third fellow one of the friends of the boss he shows up at the office to help us get everything loaded into the van we we take off by nine o'clock so we can get to the place just after 9 30 uh, the place closes at 10 so we're ready to go as soon as those doors close we start scrubbing now we um this year was a little bit different in that the job took a little more time because the customer asked us to put four coats of wax down instead of three that we normally do well, when you add a coat of wax, you can add as much as 45 minutes to an hour in time because it takes time to, uh, you know, wait between coats of, you know, the third coat to the fourth coat. We got to wait for that coat to dry. Normally, if we just end at three coats of wax, we we put that last coat down, we clean up all the waxing equipment, throw it in the van, and get back to the office. But this time you got to wait 15, 20 minutes for that coat of wax to dry, and then you go out and wax, and it takes 
it can take about a half hour to wax and then clean stuff up and get out of there so it did add some time so when we were driving out to the store we were we were we had the sun in our eyes from the sunset when we were heading back to the office the next morning we had the sun in our eyes from the sunrise that that was the kind of night it was uh, it was also different this year in that most years or every year up until this year the supervisor and I would go together in the company van we get it all loaded up with equipment I would drive two of us would hop in the van, leave our cars at the office, and head on out. This year, I said, we're all driving separately. The third fellow that shows up, he normally drives himself anyway, because there's not a, there's no way to have a third person in the van. So, um, you know, he always drives up. But this year, because of COVID, I said, I'm, we're all driving separately. I told the supervisor, you drive the van, I'll drive my car, and that's what we're doing. And it was a good thing that we did it that way because uh, we got up to a weird little detour and my car has a GPS thing on it and that so I took the lead and was able to get us around to the place on time uh, using the map in the car so um, and it, well so we take separate vehicles because well I could wear my mask while driving in the vehicle uh, I just figured let's just you know, let's be even safer and social distance by driving in separate cars, separate vehicles. We get there. I have my mask on. I go in. I announce that the you know we're here to start doing stuff. The boss has been called. He gets the fifth fellow, another friend of his, you know, to to come in. So they show up at just about ten o'clock. They both hop out of the car, the same car that the boss was driving. Neither of them are wearing masks. And the other fellow that's a friend of the boss doesn't wear a mask. The supervisor wears a mask for a good portion of the scrubbing, but at some point he took it off just saying uh, he found it too hard to breathe. Now, I have not had that problem with masks. Uh, I've always worn the, the cloth style. Um, uh, the supervisor had the, the paper surgical style mask. You know what you mean, which one I mean. And then, so I'll take his, at his word that he was breathing wasn't so easy for him. So he took it off at some point. But I left my mask on through the whole scrubbing job, yeah, the, we, which we finished up at about 2 o'clock. The rest of the time was spent waxing. Uh, I wore my mask because I couldn't be certain that I could be distant enough from the team. Yeah, which which I di actually ended up being distant enough for the most part, but I figured I'm going to wear the mask, you know, going to wear the mask. I did take the mask off when we were waxing because it was just the supervisor and I left. The other two three fellows took off, the boss and the, his two friends. They took off after cleaning up equipment and loading the van. Uh, so when we're waxing, we're not on top of each other. And I knew I could have a distance there, so I took the mask off. But as soon as the for, you know the coat was done being put down, we go into the back area, my mask went right back on. And I kept my distance from the supervisor. And that's how I handled it for the evening. That's what I did. Now, <clears throat> uh, apparently, uh, I was working with three infectious disease experts. These three fellows, the boss and his two friends, 
they just scoff at the whole mask thing. They're just, ugh. Ugh. The boss says he has masks. He never wears them. And I just, I just shake my head. And I was just, I, I, maybe I'm being overly cautious. Maybe they're right. Maybe their years in janitorial service and sales and whatever else the other two guys did for a living before becoming janitors, you know, whatever else, you know, all those years, of course, they, none of them are in the medical field, never worked in the medical field. They're not scientists. But all those years in doing those jobs apparently have given them better uh, understanding and more knowledge than infectious disease doctors and scientists that, that are trained in this and have years of experience dealing with this and what they say apparently these three fellows are just smarter they just know more and I just I would just look at them there they are the boss shows up with his buddy and they're in the same car not not wearing masks I'll think so like, there they are okay so at one point in the evening I was back they were the three of them were in the back room uh, taking a little break and I could hear the boss talking and he mentioned something about the virus I heard that now I didn't hear anything else that he said because I was too busy working and but I'd heard that much and if he was talking about what's what he has said to me in the in you know in the recent past I mean just within a day or two of this job if he said was saying the same thing, uh, what he had said to me he said, "Well, you know, but in in the United States, most of the people who are dying of this COVID are old people in nursing homes." Oh, and I thought, "Oh, well, great, screw them, huh? I guess all lives uh, don't matter to you." Really, I, I, you know, because he's more, he's not a Black Lives Matter, he's a, or Black Lives Matter, he's a All Lives Matter. But I guess not, because old people in nursing homes, <laughs> screw them, let them die. I heard that, I just, okay, you know, there's your Fox News talking points, oh great, nice to see that you're, you're up to date on that. And I didn't challenge the boss, I just looked at him like, you're just a moron. And uh, anyway, but if he brings it up again... There was something that I thought to say to him, and I'll try to remember to say it when it happens. Both of his parents have passed away. They both died. They've been, you know, his mother's been dead for more than a decade, and he was very close to his mother, very close to his mother. And I, if he brings this up again, I'd like to ask him to do this little uh, thought experiment and just tell him, says, you know, suppose your mother was still alive today, but she was living in a nursing home. Would you be so cavalier about the idea that most of the people dying from this are just old people in nursing homes? Would you be that cavalier? I don't, somehow I don't think he would be. At one point that evening, I took a picture of this. Now, I won't put the picture on the show notes. You get to the show notes by going to dimland.com, click on the show notes. I won't put this picture up there because it's, you know, I don't want to put these people up on the internets without their permission, and I don't want to ask their permission. <laughs> so I'm not going to put the picture up, and I'm going to tell you about, I did take a picture, and I've been showing it to my wife and other people that they're just, they just shake their heads when they see it. We're finished with the scrub, the scrubbing portion of the job. The three of them are working on one of our wet vacs. It's a walk-behind vacuum cleaner that picks up water. And the, the, it wasn't working great, 
uh, which most of our equipment equipment falls into that category, not working great because it's all older than I am. And uh, and we just cobble it together as best we can. And uh, so the boss had the two of his friends there holding the thing open while he was digging out and trying to unclog the hose that's inside the thing. And I looked at them, and their faces were so close to each other. I mean, you could take a hula hoop that's three that's got a three-foot diameter to it, you know, you take that hula hoop, you could easily set it across them so that each of their heads would fit in, would easily fit inside that hula hoop. That's how close their faces were to each other. And they're talking to each other, and they're breathing on each other. And it's just, I just looked at them. I said, oh, God. And here's the, th and, and, and earlier in that evening, I'm wearing the mask, right? Doesn't come off. I'm wearing the mask. I go in the back, grab some stuff, and they're back there doing whatever they were doing, um, you know, emptying out one of the vacuum cleaners, cleaning something, whatever they were doing. And I go back to grab something, and one of the guys. Now they they gave me a, one of the guys gave me a little teasing. Now it wasn't the kind of teasing that you might think about saying, "Oh, look at you wearing a mask, scared of a little virus." You know, that wasn't that kind of teasing. It was more like, "Ooh, we should come up with a a superhero name for you, a superhero name." For 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 you, you know, it's just, uh, you know, because the mask and you know, it's kind of cool and then uh, do that. And I just gave him a look, like, you know, and I sighed and I said, you know, uh, I wear the mask to protect you. And I did think of it though, and I wish I would have thought of it at the time. You know how things go. You don't think of these things at the time. Superhero name. Superhero name could have been, oh, I don't know, Captain cares about your health. How about that? How about we call me that? How about Captain cares about your health? Because I wear the mask to protect other people. Because I don't know that I don't have COVID-19. I don't know that I don't have it. I don't think I do, but I don't know that I don't have it. Because the th this, this thing about this illness, this infection can sit inside you for, for days, and you don't even show any symptoms, and you can be contagious. That's one of the major differences between this and the flu. The flu, you can have that inside you for a day or two before you start showing symptoms, and, uh, but this is like, it can be a week. It can be two weeks. You could have it and go through the whole thing and get rid of the infection. Your body deals with it and takes care of it, and you never show a symptom, but you're contagious, and so you don't know. That's why you wear the mask. You wear the mask to help cut down. It doesn't eliminate the possibility that somebody could get some illness from you, but it cuts it. It cuts the possibility down. It lowers the chance of infection. And that's and if we all get in this together and wear masks, that will be a good thing. See, it will help lower the infection rates. I saw an article in uh, Vanity Fair. I read a piece of this article that said that. You know, compared the United States to Japan, Japan is in part of the world where wearing masks is a not all that big a deal. It's culturally accepted. It's something that we as Americans looked at and thought, "Why are so many people wearing masks? What's going on?" Well, it's to deal with pollution, but it's also to deal with illness to stop to, to keep from spreading germs. And Japan's infection rate is like two percent of what our infection rate is. And according to the article, which was was quoting some studies, was saying that if if 80% of America, if 80% of Americans would wear masks when out in public, we could see this infection rate drop precipitously.
I don't know if that's the end word to everything. If that's the, you know if that's absolute, but gee whiz, wouldn't you rather err on the side of caution? How difficult it is to wear a mask? It's not that tough. So I pointed out something to them at that moment. You know, I said I do this, I wear this to protect you, and then I pointed over to the fellow that showed up with the boss in the in the car, you know, in the boss's car. I pointed over to him and I said, you know, he, you, as I was pointing at him, are in the high risk category. If you get this infection, you are at a higher risk of getting complications due to it because he's got diabetes, he's got asthma, and last January or February, he spent two or three days in the hospital because of the flu. And I told them you know, most of that. I said, you've got diabetes. You're, you've got asthma. You're, you're somebody who, if you get this, this could you are at high risk of it becoming very bad. Hospitalization, maybe even death. I don't know if I went that far. But he just scoffed. Mech, 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 mech. So, you know, what are you to do? And a couple of times in recent, you know, since I did the last show that I did, uh, I, 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 I went out to one of our suppliers to pick up something. And on the way back, I stopped at a convenience store. This supplier is in a, little, it's in a suburb called New Brighton, which is a suburb of the Twin Cities. And I, I stop at a convenience store to get something. And I put on the mask, and I head into the store, and I'm the only person, employees included, wearing a mask. I wanted to scream. I wanted to just yell at these people. What in the hell is your problem? What is it that you guys don't get? It's still here. Just because the news, you know, the 24-hour news cycle shifted its attention for a while because of George Floyd, the George Floyd situation and the protests and, and the riots and looting that took place in the aftermath of the Minneapolis police murdering George Floyd, just because the attention was drawn away doesn't mean COVID-19 has gone away. Remember what the, on the last show I did? Remember what the one protester said to the people that were going out to protest? She ran in there with a couple of bottles of hand sanitizer, giving out squirts to everybody. She said, COVID is still a thing, y'all. It is. It's still a thing. It's going to be with us for a while. We have to get used to it. And if we start taking it seriously and wear a goddamn mask... Just, uh, I think it was yesterday, the boss and I stopped somewhere to, to, to put gas in the, in the van. And the way we do it, I go up to the pump, I put the gas in, and he goes and he pays for it. So I was waiting in the, in, you know, next to the gas pump behind the van. I, stand, I, don't go, I don't sit in the van, I stand outside. Even in the middle of winter when it's cold, I stand outside until the boss comes out and gives me a thumbs up that I can drive off because I don't want them thinking we're, you know, I'm going to steal gas. And I'm standing, and admittedly, I wasn't wearing a mask at that point. I'm outside. I'm well beyond six feet beyond, uh, away from anybody else. And if anybody started to approach me, I'd move, you know, I'd move so that not to be too close. I'd keep my distance. But in goes the boss to pay for the gas. And of course, he's not wearing a mask. And I stand out there and I watch. And in the time that he was in there paying for the gas, at least 
10 people came, went in and out of that store. Two were wearing masks. And that was a young, a young father and his kid. They were wearing masks. Not a single other, other person, not one, wearing a mask. And I just, again, I wanted to scream. What in the hell is wrong with you people? I understand why cities and states in this country are mandating mask wearing. Because the dunderheads will not, you know, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not a guy. I don't know anybody's got the COVID. I'm fine. I feel fine. You know, it's like, it, you got to take this seriously. I was talking to the boss's wife, and I told, and she didn't, you know, she was a little iffy about things. And I said, I go with the science. The science is telling us to take this seriously, and they're saying that masks can help. Wash your hands. Keep a distance. That's what I'm doing. And so well, she said, well, everybody's got p pandemic fatigue, and we got to get back to work and all that. Well, okay, get back to work, but wear a goddamn mask. If you take anything from this first segment of the show, take the 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 take away uh, this: wear a goddamn mask. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ctalk Radio Network at ctalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons. I will be back after this break. To Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ZTalkRadio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z-Talk Radio. Hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, my daddy. I never felt lower than dirt on the floor. I say, hold me, my daddy. I never felt like crying. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. 
Uh, something I should point out about that first segment of the show, I did that entire segment wearing a mask. Could you tell the difference? Sure, my face got a little warm because I have to turn off the air conditioning and the ceiling fan, and it's, you know, it's warmish in the house, but it's not too bad this summer, not yet. And, of course, it's not even summer yet, but we're, a couple, we're like, almost there. A couple days and it'll be summer on the calendar. But, you know, we've had our warm days. And it's so, you know, but I, I, did you, could you tell? Could you tell I was wearing a mask? I could breathe fine. Yeah, and, and, and I, I may have mentioned this. I sent away for uh, these little straps that you can attach to your glasses that'll hold them in place. You know, athletes wear them. And uh, so I, I got those. So when I wear my, I put these on my, on my glasses. I put the mask on. My glasses stay in place. And then, and then I can use my glasses to set on the mask on, my, on the bridge of my nose to kind of close it off so that I don't get fogged up glasses that the air stays within the mask. And I also did this experiment at work. Uh, in the, uh, we have a little, little restroom in the basement of the place. It's just a little block of a building that has a chiropractor on the one side and we're on the other side. The chiropractor is a very nice guy. We don't, I have not said anything disparaging to him about chiropractic, but you know, uh, you know, eh, you know, but we're neighbors and want to get along and he's a nice guy. And I, you know, he's still he he's he's not he's not too whacked out as a as a, as a as a chiropractor because he hasn't talked about anti-vax type stuff or he hasn't claimed to me that he can you know cure any disease by cracking your back. He hasn't done that. But there's you know there's still a little bit of iffy stuff. But you know he's a chiropractor, so of course there's going to be some iffy stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, but you know nice guy. And I don't want to rock the boat. What the hell? He's my neighbor. Anyway, so it's a little little box of a building, and down in the basement, there's this you know toilet and a sink, and uh, uh, and um, I you know when I go down there to go pee pee, <laughs> I stand, and I look up, and it doesn't have finished ceilings, so there's pipes and stuff going along, and along one pipe is a it's a long string of of a cobweb that goes around. I really ought to talk to our cleaning service. Oh wait a minute, that's me. Anyway, uh, there's this cobweb that goes across. And I did this experiment just this past week. I looked up at it. You know, I'm not wearing a mask, and I just did the slightest like that, just a little, a little puff of air at it, and it waves in the air that comes out of my lungs. And then I put on the mask, and I blow hard at it. I go like that at it, and it doesn't move. The mask is at least holding some stuff in. So if I were to sneeze, you know, yes, some stuff is going to get out. Yes, it's not going to be perfect, but it's better than if I just sneezed without the mask on. Oh, there was another thing that happened. Oh, well, I'm still talking about masks. There was another thing that happened uh, that I witnessed. I was heading to a Target store, and as I was walking in, Wearing my mask, I was following a, a, a man and a woman that were together, not wearing masks. And as they were heading to the entry, another man was approaching who apparently recognized the two of them because they were so happy to see each other. 
he too was not wearing a mask, and the two dudes walk up to each other, shake hands, and give each other one of those bro hugs. While they're shaking hands, they get the the hand the, you know, the two hands are shaking, and the other the free hands are giving a that half hug. And I just want to say, why don't you just spit in each other's mouths? <laughs> COVID is still a thing, y'all. Yeah, it's just. Uh. All right, so that whole segment, that whole first segment, I was wearing a mask. What do you think of that? I mentioned George Floyd in the first segment. Uh, I haven't had a chance uh, to talk too much about it, and I'm going to talk about it now. Uh, I mean, I, I know I've mentioned it in, on the previous shows, but uh, or most most recent show when I talked about how close the uh, the riots got to the comic book store that I work for, uh, three blocks away. Well, let's see. Uh, the last show that I did, which dropped on that Saturday, two Saturdays ago, uh, I recorded on the Friday before, and that Saturday in the morning, I went to I went to the store, uh, and for the first time since since the George Floyd murder, and I um, did what I needed to do there. Got done by noon which was my plan, and then I decided I'm going to walk on over, because it's on Lake Street, and just I'm going to walk on over and see for myself the, the, the aftermath of the, of the damage that was done. The Walgreens store that I mentioned that had, been, uh, that had been destroyed, I mean, there it was. It was just a husk of a building. It had been burned out. And I walked by and I looked at that, and I saw a pawn shop that had been destroyed. There was a liquor store, a tobacco store. There was an auto zone, uh, a Wendy's restaurant, and the third precinct headquarters for the Minneapolis police. That that was destroyed, uh, and a post office destroyed. And I, it was just, and there were a lot of people going around. And even and even though I'm a little more reticent about wearing a mask when walking around outside when I'm not near anybody. Uh, I do put the mask on if I'm going to be near a lot of people. And when I got over to where the damage was done, uh, there were quite a few people wandering around, taking taking a look at things. And I thought, I'm going to put my mask on. So I did. But then I did something. (laughs) This was quite dumbass of me. I decided to head on over to 38th and Chicago. That's the intersection where George Floyd was murdered by the Minneapolis police. Uh, I decided to walk on over there. So I get out my handheld computation communication device and I put in the little map thing. And it tells me, you know, the map to how to get there. And it says, uh, oh, I don't know, about 15 or 16 minutes to get there. So I start, okay, that's no problem. So I start walking. At some point, I started thinking, boy, I've been walking for a long time. And I look at the thing, and it still says I got eight minutes to go. Okay, I walk for a little bit longer. I look at it again. It says I got seven minutes to go. Seemed like I walked along. And then I then I do a check to, to back to the store. How long would it take me to get back to the store? And it said I would. It would take seven minutes to get back to the store. I said what? I've been walking by car. 
the directions were by car, not by foot. <laughs> when I put in by foot, I had like another half hour to go. <laughs> I said, okay, no way. I'm not doing the sunk cost thing because if I walk the rest of the way there, I got I still have an hour's walk, walk <laughs> coming back. So I went back to the store. And the, by that time, the boss was there. And I told him, you don't want to walk from here to 38th in Chicago. And he says, I don't know why you would. It was, well, I thought it was only going to take 15 minutes. And he said, well, by car. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's what I found out later because I'm a dumbass. I did end up driving over. And I looked at that. Now, that intersection is completely used as a memorial for George Floyd and as a, a point of protest, a point of hope, for hope that we can get some change happening in, the, in how America does its policing. Uh, there is a street that it, it, almost an entire block with name after name after name after name of, after name of people who had been killed by police and I, I imagine most of them are minorities, people of color, probably most of them being African American. Name after name after name after name after name. The spot nearabouts where George Floyd laid on the street uh, has his a, a, a body has been painted to the to the pavement lying face down on that spot it's been it, there's stanchions around it to block you know so people don't you know get in there and in the middle of the intersection is a large memorial that's set up there's uh, there's that mural that you may have seen that I'll post some pictures from my from my trip there and if I can figure out how to post the video I'll put that up too and it just it, it was powerful the whole situation and it was packed with people <laughs> I have not been around that many people since mid-march and not even and then it was not nearly that many people but that's the most people I've been around since mid-march and I and almost you can almost combine all the times I went to the grocery store and all the people that have been in those grocery stores might 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 be might edge out the number of people I was around that particular day, but oh my goodness! Now I'm wearing my mask. Lots of people there were wearing their masks. Some of them had their noses hanging out. I did my best to be there as as briefly as possible. I went to each spot of interest for me, took a couple pictures, moved on. I didn't stand anywhere long. I didn't. I tried not to touch anyone. I stayed to myself, and I just, I, I, I was not going to spend a lot of time there because COVID is still a thing, y'all. And so then I, I, you know, it just was. Oh my goodness, it was something. Uh. And then, I, 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 I have a hard time being able to say um, much about this because, you know, I'm a white guy. And I don't know what it's like to be a person of color living in this country and to deal with the police. I've talked with, about this before. I've talked about how I, I've you know, seen uh, a, a difference in something that happened to me with police and something that happened to a professor who happens to be African-American who lives out on the East Coast and what his dealings with the police in one uh, incident that was very similar to mine, but his how his reaction was so much different than mine, where I didn't even consider 
that I could die that day because the cops might kill me. But this guy, he certainly did. And I talked about that. And so I, I, it's hard for me to really feel like I can say it out. But I want to, I'm going to link to these, these things on, uh, on my show notes page. I'm going to link to John Oliver, uh, his show last week tonight. Uh, it's a it's a just over a half hour where he talks about policing, the history of policing in America, uh, the racism that is still you know, prevalent, you know, permeating this this whole thing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna link to that. Uh, you should watch that. I would suggest you watch that one first, and then I'm gonna link to Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, he's the host of the Daily Show. He took over for John Stewart. Uh, he has a, a different perspective on this kind of thing. He, he, he's, he's, he's a black person, but he's from South Africa. So he has the perspective of having grown up in South Africa and in the aftermath of uh, apartheid and, and looking at the world in that perspective and then coming here and seeing and being here for how many years and seeing how America works, he has a certain perspective. And he talks about the social contract. Yeah, we're getting close to Fourth of July. People are wasting their money by throwing all their putting all their fireworks off right now instead of waiting for the fourth. Anyway, but he talks about how there's a social contract that that uh, that people looked at the riots and and I I thought I had a handle on this stuff, but I learned well, no 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 I still need to learn. Uh, I, I I still was thinking wrong. On some of this, and uh, you know, he's talking. You know, it's like it's 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 ugly, sure, and 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 it's like you know, why why are these people breaking the social contract and 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 looting stores and setting buildings on fire and they're doing this in their own neighborhoods and they, and people of their their neighbors are going to be out of jobs and stuff. Why are they doing this? And he's he says, but turn it around. It's just why are we? There's the the majority is not holding up their end of the social contract. He talks about that, and he talks about it more eloquently than I did. You know, I can, and he talks from a perspective that I can't offer. And then I'm going to link to a video by a, a woman named uh, Kimberly Jones. She is mentioned uh, in the John Oliver piece, and a little bit of her talk. She's out on the street in in Ohio. Um, I think it's Ohio. No, I can't remember where it is. It's not uh, wherever wherever she is. She's wherever the College Football Hall of Fame is. I don't know if it's in Ohio. But wherever she is, because the College Football Hall of Fame got uh, was subject to damage due to the riots, and she taught, and she's very blunt about things, and she she brings things up, and she mentions Trevor Noah and his talk about the social contract. Uh, John Oliver brings her up, so it's like this: these three are sort of connected. These three videos are connected. So, it, it what what Kimberly Jones says is just so, so powerful, and it's so visceral. And it's so impossible to argue against. Uh, I'm also going to link to Dave Chappelle. He he's a comedian, and he does a, a I don't think you can call it a stand-up routine exactly, but he did a special that's on Netflix. It's and I and I think you can also watch it you know on on YouTube. That's where I saw it. Um, it's called eight forty-six or eight minutes forty-six seconds, which is the amount of time. That the that the that police officer knelt on George Floyd's neck. That's the amount of time. Uh, 
and before but before it got to the eight minutes forty six seconds, George Floyd was completely unconscious. And for a good at least a good minute or two, he was unconscious. He's how is he resisting? But anyway, so Dave Chappelle does a, a, a bit on there. Uh, uh, it does it does a talk. It's about a it's less than a half hour. It's like twenty seven minutes or something like that. So he talks about this, and it's that too is pretty powerful stuff coming from his perspective. Somebody who who he's a, he's he's an African American and he's you know he talks about race and he gives the perspective that he has on it and he you know and he makes some comedy with it, but he also is trying to open eyes. And we should be listening. You know, those of us in the majority should be listening. Uh, so I'll link to that too. Uh, I did something. Well, I'm going to talk when I come back from the break. Um, I'm going to head to the second break. You're listening to uh, Dimland Radio here on the Talk Radio Network at ctalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Uh, I'll return after this break. <laughs> Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Hi, I'm Darren McKee, one of the hosts of The Reality Check. Each week, my co-host and I explore a range of controversies and curiosities using science and critical thinking. You can find us on iTunes, your favorite podcasting platform, and on Facebook by searching for The Reality Check or by following us on Twitter at TRC underscore podcast. Until then, keep an open mind, but not so open your brain falls out. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. You don't say... Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Uh, so I I, um, I did something I hadn't done uh, since George Floyd was murdered. Um, I've seen still pictures. I've seen bits of the video um, on, on the news, on uh, social media. Uh, the video of, of George Floyd being murdered by a cop uh, and and his and the three accomplices accomplice cops one that was standing and keeping people away uh, in one shot uh, you can see the other two cops are also holding down George Floyd and uh, so I, I I'd seen that I but I hadn't watched the video um, 
But I thought, you know, for this show, and if I'm going to talk about this, I should watch it. And there's a New York Times prepared uh, piece, which it's it's narrated. It gives you information about what's going on, why the police were called. It shows you camera, you know, the, uh, uh, camera footage from the from the restaurant, looking out on the street, and there's just you know, it, it gives you information and it sets things together and it tells you how much time this has been, how much time it's been here, how much it does that kind of stuff, and. Um, Uh, you know, I mean, it, I had to verify my age on YouTube. For, on YouTube, I watched it on there. I had to verify my age, and then I also had to you know, consent to watch it because it warned me that there was going to be violent imagery that could be disturbing. Um, so I, you know, I had to I had to go through those two hoops to be able to watch the video, and. Uh, I, I watched it and and I just I just he, 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 at one point and I think you probably know about this you probably heard about it he calls out for his mother, uh, and you just you look at that cop, and you 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 can hear people on the street citizens, who are making video of this, saying you know he's not resisting. You know what the hell? You know it's, it's at one point, one of the cops. I don't know if it was the one that was kneeling on the back of his neck. Says, says to Mr. Floyd, "Get up and get in the car," and George Floyd responds, "I will." And the cop just says it again, "Get up and get in the car," but the guy in his neck doesn't move. I. Uh, didn't expect this to happen, but I started sobbing. I watched. I just. It. It's just. I just. I. I was watching somebody be murdered, and I didn't like it, and it made me feel sick, and I started to sob. It just. It just hit me, to see that. And I. I don't know if you'd noticed this. But I say George Floyd's name, but I don't say the name of the cop or any of the other t three cops. I don't say the name of the cop that murdered him. Because as far as I'm concerned, that was, he murdered him. Yeah, I saw the video. There's no ambiguity. He murdered him. He just knelt there, looking calm. He, I think he even... Yeah, one 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 person got a little too close. When one bystander got a little too close, I think he, I think he shot some mace at him. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he did. But somebody in the crowd yelled that that he did. But he did make some move like that. And it, it and it, it just you know he murdered him. He just it was like yeah, this is what I'm doing. I know he's not moving. He wasn't moving. He was unconscious. So, <clears throat> I thought I should watch it. I reacted. I figured I'd be angry and appalled and all that, but I didn't. I didn't expect to cry. Um. Anyway, <laughs> sorry for the heavy show. I'll try to lighten it up a little bit here, just a little bit, when it comes to um, to that moment. Is that possible? Probably not. 
I think in that moment, what we're I think right now we are at the beginning of a Mandela effect. You know what the Mandela effect is? It's been it's named for Nelson Mandela, uh, the 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 you know cause, because of uh, one of the most popular cases of the Mandela effect is that so many people believe that Nelson Mandela died in prison, which he did not. He was released from prison. He went on to be president of South Africa. He did not die in prison. He di he's, he has since died, but he did not die in, pres in prison. But so many people believe that they think you know that that this phenomenon became what's known as the Mandela effect. There are some that try to uh, try to uh, to explain it by saying that well, parallel universes intersected at some point, and in that parallel universe, Nelson Mandela did die in prison and it's that and that's why it's in our collective consciousness or it, it gets into our minds no it's just a memory glitch it's just a problem there's the there's the you know uh so many people remember the last words of the song we are the champions by queen as being of the world but that's not the last words in the studio version of the song and the song that's on the album can't remember the name of the album though was that news of the world i don't know what it is anyway it's not in the studio version of the song. It just ends with, with uh, Freddie Mercury singing, you know, we are the champions, and it just fades off. And then there's the President Kennedy Mandela effect moment when people are surprised to find out that the car that he was assassinated in by Lee Harvey Oswald all by himself with nobody's help, they're surprised to find out there were three rows of seats in the car. There was the front row with the driver, there was the middle row with Governor Connolly and his wife, and the back row with President Kennedy and Jackie Kennedy. There were three rows in the car, but people remember it being two, because, well, that's how most cars are. But that one was not. So this is a Mandela effect. And I think we got one happening with George Floyd. Dave Chappelle mentions it in his talk, and I've seen uh, editorial cartoons having been drawn with this they depict that murdering police officer with his hands in his pockets Dave Chappelle said he had his hands in his pockets he did not have his hands in his pockets he was wearing black gloves Minneapolis police uh, have been wearing gloves because of the COVID it's still a thing y'all and that's this. So it can look like he's got his hands in his, in his pockets when you look at the picture. But if you look closely, if you watch more of the video, you will see when he moves his hands away from his hips, you'll see he's wearing gloves. He did not have them in his pockets. It makes for a much more callous story that he would be so, meh, I don't care. I got my hands in my pockets and I'm kneeling on this man's neck and I'm killing him. Ugh, ugh. So <laughs> I know that's not making. Too much light of it, but I think years from now, people will uh, will find out that that the cop didn't have his hands in his pockets and say, "Really? I swear he isn't." But you know, no, no, he didn't. He, he had, they were on his hips, and he was wearing gloves. It, maybe it's a little bit of a Mandela effect, a little bit. And as long as I'm in this range, a um, couple little things. There's a young woman named Candace Owen, Owens. She's an African-American woman. She's, uh, she's conservative, and she's giving white people reason to be comfortable with their racism by 
by uh, victim blaming uh, George Floyd. Uh, so white folks out there, I've had one share it with me on my Facebook, you know, privately shared. Oh, you should check this out. And I watched it and I went, okay, she's victim blaming here. And yeah, and she's just she's just making it easy for people that have uh, racist attitudes to be comfortable having those racist attitudes. Uh, that's what she's doing. Um, I will link to a, a video uh, done. Uh, it's a fellow named Roland Martin. He is a uh, YouTuber, I think, and he does. He, he's African American, and he comments on race and things like that. And he talks a little bit about Candace Owens there. Uh, Dave Chappelle mentions Candace Owens. And uh, the reason Roland Martin talks about her, he says, we have to confront evil when we when we see it. We have to call it out and stop it. He says, uh, and the part of the reason why we have to call her out is that she has the ear of uh, the vice president, at least. And she's been, you know, photo ops with the president. And, of course, she's all over the Fox News. And she she was invited to the White House to meet with the vice president uh, in a in a, having a discussion with the president with the other members of the African American community uh, talk about race and policing and such and so she's included she's she had a spot at the table and so this Roland Martin says uh, no we can't you know we have to talk out against that and she does she, she's she's victim blaming she brings up the uh, the the criminal record of George Floyd that he had in Texas. She brings up that. And, you know, it's just, and then she says, oh, and he had drugs on his system, and he had drugs on him, and, you know, at the time, it's really, and that, so I guess it's okay then that the cops killed him? I guess that's okay? And then she says, oh, but don't get me wrong, I don't want, you know, nobody should die in that manner. She says in that manner. I said, in what manner would you have preferred George Floyd to have died? What manner? Would you have preferred the cops just shoot him? Yeah, how about beat him to death? Would you, which which way would you think would have been a good way for him to die that day? Because he was accused of passing a counterfeit $20 bill, which I think that's still in question, whether or not it really was counterfeit. Do you think that's that's he, he should have been made, you know, should have been handcuffed and, and, and laid on the street and just beaten to death? Should they have kicked him to death? Is that is that, is that would that have worked for you? She says he shouldn't be a martyr. She's not. He's not her martyr. He's not her hero. And then she says, uh, and I got to be careful here. But then she says, uh, her hero. She she gave us an example of a hero of an African American hero for her, Kobe Bryant. Now, I thought it was curious that she didn't pick uh, Colin Kaepernick. She picked Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was accused of rape. He nearly went on trial for it. I mean, there was a criminal case that ended up being dismissed because the victim refused to testify because her reputation had been completely destroyed. Her mental state, her, you know, it's all this had been completely destroyed before the trial even really got going. And she said, I'm not going to testify. And because she wouldn't testify, the prosecutors didn't feel they had enough evidence, uh, you know, had enough to, to convict. So the criminal case was dismissed. Then a civil case went forward. A settlement was made that was undisclosed, but according to Wikipedia, it's thought that uh, that Kobe Bryant paid uh, the, the victim of uh, this rape uh, 2.5 million dollars. And then he apologized. He apologized before the civil case. He he apologized when the criminal case was dismissed. He apologized to her, and he admitted that uh, even though he thought he had consent. 
he did not. So this, I'm sorry, if we're going to bring up the, the criminal background of George Floyd, which uh, admittedly is more extensive than that of Kobe Bryant's, well, you know, that's, he's your hero? And not Colin Kaepernick. Because I looked. Colin Kaepernick has never been accused of raping anybody. He doesn't have a criminal record at all. All he did was take a knee on the sideline to try to draw attention of, of America as a whole to this problem that led to George Floyd being murdered by the Minneapolis police. He tried peacefully, calmly, he used his platform to that his career was destroyed because he just didn't do it the right way. But he's not Candace Owens' hero, I venture to guess. Oh, and as long as I'm still in the race thing, Aunt Jemima has been nixed. Aunt Jemima was a, it was a, a, a pancake batter spokesperson, or you know, uh, uh, whatever they whatever you call them, you know, the logo design, and she came out of the stereotypical mammy. The racial stereotype of Mammy. She came from that. And it took George Floyd and the aftermath of that for the company that makes Aunt Jemima to say, ha, huh, you know, even though we've softened the image, we've pulled away from the Mammy look, we really still are, it's still rooted in racism. It's still there. And Uncle Ben's and Mrs. Butterworth. And i got to admit, I got a bottle of Mrs. Butterworth in the, co uh, the cupboard. I didn't even think of it. I just grabbed it because it was the store brands were out. And I just grabbed it. And now it's like, oh, look at that. Didn't even think of it. See? It's part of the opening my eyes, opening my ears. But I'll tell you something before I leave here. I've, I've got a couple of Facebook friends that have been sharing this information about Nancy Green. You know who Nancy Green is? Nancy Green was uh, was an African American woman who was born into slavery, and I think in 19, 1863, she got out of slavery because there was a little war that was won by the the right side, the side that didn't want to keep slavery, and the other side was fighting for slavery. And don't say, don't no, don't, don't even try, because that's what they were fighting for. They were fighting for slavery. They four of the states, I think it was four of them, in their secession papers, and when they when they were leaving, said. Slavery was one of the reasons. Okay, <laughs> that was a big reason. They didn't. They didn't all decided to secede the moment Abraham Lincoln became president because they didn't like his beard. Anyway, so and so so this 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 Nancy Green, she becomes the first model for Aunt Jemima. And you know, and she's and apparently she was a, a uh, an activist, and she you know she did her best for for uh, poor people and black folks in America. She did her best for them and all that, and she died in 1920 something or other. And you know, and then there've been other models for Aunt Jemima, and 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 people have been sharing that, thinking because Aunt Jemima is being taken away, we're erasing Nancy Green. But I wanted to I want to just mention this. If you think that's the case, let me ask you this question: Have you ever heard ever heard of Nancy Green prior to the Aunt Jemima? being dropped as a, as a sales gimmick? Had you ever heard of Nancy Green before? I hadn't. Oh, and by the way, one of the memes that's going around that's extolling the virtues of Nancy Green, and I'm not knocking Nancy Green, 
but it's extolling her virtues and saying that we're erasing her by getting rid of Aunt Jemima or whatever they're suggesting. There's a picture included with that. That's not Nancy Green in that picture. That's a white woman in blackface. So, think about that. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Yeah, I know, it's another heavy show. Uh, you know, practice social distancing, wash your hands, be patient, wear a mask, God damn it. Stay home, stay safe. And uh, this is Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons, the host of uh, Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. We'll talk to you next week. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What? 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 Well, I'm going to hell. <laughs>